I'm Aaron Titus. It's September 15th, 2006, and this is the Privacy Podcast. Welcome to the Privacy Podcast. I'm Aaron Titus. I'm podcasting sort of live from my bathroom. I'm also a wee bit tired now that law school has started up again. And I'm really excited. My wife is due with our little girl any day now. This is my third show, and it's the last in a three part series on identity security at universities. You know what really sets me apart as a privacy advocate? Just one thing I actually believe that I have some permanent ownership in my own identity. But nobody, it seems, including the law, shares those sentiments. My identity is mere information. Information is property. And once I give information, even personal information, to someone else, it becomes their property. And unfortunately, I have very little control over how they use or abuse their property. I find this treatment of personal information completely insufficient in the information age. And so do many companies. That's why we draw artificial little fences around personal information. We've developed dozens of names for these fenced in areas, like directory information, personal private information, transaction experience information, or identification information. I don't know exactly what all those mean, but the point is they're all me. During the last show, I told you about an Excel file with personal information of about 2,600 University of Idaho students. This podcast is to follow up on that discovery and to tell you about a few more I found from our good friend, Mr. Google. I found similar files at McMurray University and the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Let's recap on the University of Idaho. Using a simple Google search, I found an Excel and a PDF file online with personal information of 2,622 current students and alumni. The Google search was pretty straightforward. It was certainly simple enough for any regular bad guy to figure out. But just in case any stupid bad guys are listening, I won't give you any hints. But trust me, it was not rocket science. With a couple of keystrokes, you can get thousands of Excel files with hundreds of thousands of email addresses ready for spamming. Yeah, you ever wonder why you keep getting spam? Try Googling your email address sometime. If Google or Yahoo can find it, so can every other spam bot in this world. Anyway, the files had much more than just email addresses. They had names, addresses, phone numbers, graduation dates, high schools, transferring colleges, and alumni status, i.e., an indication if an alumnus had been expelled. I told the university in late December 2005. Public access to the files was restricted within hours of my email, but both the official and media response was muted. Okay, so it was non existent. Nobody really seemed to care. University of Idaho officials thanked me for notifying them, but they were quick to point out that they did not classify the file as a security breach as they considered the information directory information. There's that little fence again. What does directory information mean, anyway? To universities, directory information means information the university can give to anybody, anytime, for any reason at all. I mean, I know they were just trying to cover their butts, but give me a break. Who defines expulsion status, graduation dates, high schools, and transferring colleges as directory information? I'm not a lawyer yet, 
But the Federal Educational Rights and Privacy Act of 1974, or FERPA, governs this situation in part. And I don't think that those pieces of information are considered directory information according to FERPA. Besides, there are serious logical flaws with the assertion that it's okay to post directory information online in an Excel file. First, directory information is a loosely defined term, as demonstrated by this episode. An ill-defined standard is no standard at all, and without a standard, universities can do anything they want. Second, posting an Excel file online is much different than an online directory. Properly built online directories all have built-in safety features to discourage mass mailing, spamming, or data mining. An Excel spreadsheet is data mining heaven a prepackaged gift to spammers and would-be identity thieves. Third, of those several thousand students, it is likely that some of them had invoked a privacy right created under FERPA. Those rights were breached when the Excel file was posted, so contrary to the university's assertion, it was probably a security breach. On to Alabama! A University of Alabama Birmingham employee inadvertently posted an unprotected Excel file on an insecure server. The file had the name, social security number, college, GPA, major, minor, and other information of 960 UAB graduates from 1999 to 2001 or so. UAB exhibits several of the risk factors I talked about in the previous podcast. First, they improperly use the SSN as the student ID. In fact, in my Google search, I actually included the phrase student ID instead of social security number. Second, the file was a type of shadow system or unregulated parallel database. This is the most insecure type of database. Third, it was posted on an unregulated server. Finally, there was obvious evidence of administrative decentralization and risk naivety. Let me give you an example. This is what I encountered when I called to let someone know about the security breach. Hi, Brenda. Uh, my name's Aaron Titus. I'm a reporter for... I had a couple of questions about um, identity security policies at the University of Alabama. I was hoping... Well, actually, uh, actually, it's in regards to an Excel file that the business department posted online with social security numbers of okay. students. And the business put it online? Yes. Okay, does it say which business that did that? No, 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 the business school. Oh, school of business? Yes. Okay. Is, okay. is this you the right department? Who? Um, someone who would be able to answer a couple of questions about uh, identity security at the University of Alabama. Okay. That would be our physical security department. I can transfer you. Physical security? Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. Just a minute. Physical security for an Excel file? I guess I'll play along. Physical security to strike, can I help you? Hi there. Uh, my name's Aaron Titus. I'm, I'm a reporter for has names and social security numbers of about a thousand students. Um, hold on one second. So I got to listen to some very soothing music. Then he got back on and transferred me again. Sorry to make you hold. This is Doug. Can I help you? Hi, Doug. Uh, my name's Aaron Titus. About a thousand former students online. 
All right, Aaron, hold on one second, buddy. I'm going to let you speak to Mark Leo, okay? Okay, and who is he? Uh, Mark Leo is the um, head service technician. Okay, great, thanks. Physical security. So I was finally going to get to talk to someone I could report to. Hello, this is Mark. This is Aaron Titus. Uh, I'm a reporter, and there's social security numbers, GPA, and graduation dates online. And I was just wondering if you would be the guy to talk to, um, or if it'd be someone else. It's got graduation dates and stuff on it. Yeah, it says social security numbers, GPA, names, graduation dates. Oh, that's going to be coming. It's actually posted in the business department. Okay, yeah, I don't have a clue where that. That's not going to be us. Okay. Uh, um, do you have? No, let me see for what I can find out for you. Hang okay. on for me. Maybe uh, do you have the number for the business department? That's what I was going to try to okay. get for you. Hang on a second. Thanks. He was helpful enough to give me the business department phone number. I called the business department and the legal department and asked four questions. Number one: Will UAB notify these individuals that their identities and credits are at risk? Number two, does UAB conduct internal information audits to discover these types of information breaches? Number three, if any of these individuals are or become victims of identity theft, will the university provide legal services to help them clear their credit? Four, does the university have any advice to students whose information has been compromised? I also let them know that search engine caches had temporarily cached the file even though it's offline, and archiving services such as web.archive.org may have permanently archived it in the public domain. Counsel? Hi, this is Aaron Titus. I just called a little while ago um, about the Excel file. I was wondering well, if you had an email that I could email this to you. Oh, just a moment. I'm sorry to keep you holding. No problem. But um, our IT department is handling that, and they will be in communications with us if need be. Okay, actually, I was referred back to the legal department on several occasions, and, uh, I mean, I don't think the IT department will be able to answer some of my questions. I don't know. Um, the IT department will get with us if they need to, if they have a question that they can't answer. Um, but that's the way it's going to be handled. So the... The uh, the legal department doesn't have any comment about the identity theft or anything like that? The only thing I can tell you is the IT department is working with the legal department, and it's, this issue is being handled through IT. Okay. What about the legal ramifications? I assume those aren't being handled through oh, IT. I really don't know. Um, I just took the message, and they're dealing with that. Okay. So my additional questions about victims of identity theft, uh, where should I direct those? The IT department. To the IT department? Yes. Okay. Did you have a number for the IT department? I, I don't. I assumed that she was contacting you. Um, you said you were contacted by someone? By the business department. By the business department. <laughs> I never got a straight answer. You might want to redirect all your questions back to that person in the business department that you spoke with. Oh, I know. He directed me to you. I'm sorry. Um, I can try and get someone to call you back on this. About a week later, a writer for the student newspaper gave me a call and didn't seem surprised at the Stonewall. She mentioned that the administration generally keeps things under tight wraps and that the administration had refused to comment about the file for the story she was writing. But I did get an email from Mr. Edward Joseph Kennedy III, General Counsel. Ooh. Dear Mr. Titus, I am writing in response to your telephone message of late yesterday regarding the presence of personally identifiable...
I have been working with the School of Business and UAB administration. The inadvertent posting of information on the School of Business website occurred because of a transmission of data on an unsecured server by a former employee. As you know, the information was removed when we received your communication yesterday, and a review of our process is underway to avoid recurrence of such a disclosure. That's very reassuring. Further, the university is in the process of notifying the students whose information was disclosed and will, of course, provide appropriate assistance as may be required. I want to thank you for alerting UAB to the serious matter, etc., etc., etc. The spirit of the Texas frontier lives and breathes in Abilene, which, in the span of a century, transformed itself from tent city to cultural center, cow town to college town, all without losing the flavors of the past. With only about 1,400 students, McMurray University is located on 40 acres in a quiet residential section of Abilene, Texas, but 35 of those students probably didn't realize that their names were posted online with what appeared to be their social security number, date of birth, and GPA. But it turned out not to be so bad. After I alerted them about the file, the University Relations Associate Director, Casey Walters, sent a detailed explanation that the file was a class assignment for a computer fluency class. While all the names are real, the student ID numbers and GPA are not. In fact, even though McMurray uses a nine-digit student ID, it's not the SSN. Even though this file turned out to be almost completely harmless, access to the file was restricted immediately. They even contacted Google and requested that the files be purged from their cache. When I checked, it appeared as though Google had complied with that request. In addition, they explained that McMurray University will employ a new web content management system requiring centralized content approval. I'll be honest, I am impressed. And now for this episode's privacy tip, or more specifically, some road safety tips on the information superhighway. Online, never enter any personal information unless you see HTTPS in the address bar. When you transfer information online, it is possible for others to see it. The S stands for secure, which means that the computer encrypts or scrambles the information. The data may still be visible to others, but it can't be read because it's encrypted. Never do business with a company that does not list a phone number or alternative contact method online. If they're a scam and you can't contact them after they've taken your money, you probably don't have much of a chance to get it back ever. Beware of phishing scams. We've all heard of them. And that's where an email directs you to sign into a bank or PayPal account to make some vital changes. Somebody designs an authentic looking web page. You sign in, and instantly they have your account number and password. If you're making a phone order, always ask why they need the information you're not comfortable giving. If you're online, ask yourself why they need the information. Often companies will require information that they don't really need. Addresses are perfect examples. If you have a question or comment about privacy, email me, privacyfreaks at erintitus.net. Music today was Alabama Fighting Men by the Double Take Band, Tall Fiddler by Croatian artist Dale, and a tribute to Lord of the Rings by
by Texas Celtic band Rabding Nagienbards. We thank them for their music, available at podsafeaudio.com. Caroline by California band Slim will take us home today. Sort of live and sleep deprived from my bathroom, this is Aaron Titus. She slides off sides, no flag, she's wide.